Welcome into your brand new betting preview for this week's Century Tournament of Champions. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Andy Lack. Andy, uh, New Year, same Tuesday show. Yeah. Um, great to be back with you. Uh, had a nice, relaxing New Year's. Do you have any, uh, are you a big resolutions guy or not so much? So do you think there's a difference between resolutions and goals? Uh Sure. I do actually, because I, you know, I think resolutions is like, I am making a concerted effort to change something about my life. Whereas goals is more, um, this is what I am hoping for envisioning for myself and something I'm striving for. They're related of course, but I think there's some subtle differences. Right. So I, I make a lot of goals. Um, me too. And me I too. break them down into like, personal, professional, like what, and I break them down in different categories, but they all have to be kind of like smart goals, which I think stands for specific, measurable, achievable, uh, relevant and time bound. So like I'm, I'm saying, Hey, I want to, I want to get my handicap to X or I want to play so many rounds of golf or I want to like, they all have like very specific benchmarks. It's not like um, I want to feel better in 2023 that, that that's hard to quantify for me. Sure. I'm kind of on the same page. I, I guess my resolutions kind of are my goals in the sense. Do you have any specific, uh, do you have any specific golf betting goals? No, no, I don't. Right. So I have like business goals like, Hey, I want to, you know, update specific things on the website or I want to, you know, be able to do X, Y, and Z, but I, I have not drawing the line on like, Hey, like, what would that even look like? Like, I want to hit seven outrights this year. <laughs> like, yeah. Some, so, something along those lines, right? Like I want like a specific ROI or, or, you know, uh, something no. Of, do you do that? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, like I want to be like, 7 I, I keep, ROI. I keep track of everything. I'm like extremely maniacally organized in terms, like I record every single bet that I make. Um, and yes. I know exactly where I'm at in terms of my like year long profitability and my ROI, but right. there's not a specific number that I'm looking to hit. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I have a specific number that I'm looking to hit in terms of the one and done. And I, I can tell you, Andy, so, uh, the new year one and done the one that's going to start at the Sony open. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll refresh it. Yeah. Okay. In the last like 10 seconds, five more people have joined. There are only 97 spots left. This is going to fill today. So if you want to play in the one and done that has $100,000 of guaranteed money with $15,000 to first place with live scoring and text reminders, if you don't put your picks in all that fun stuff, your last chance is today because um, you can't wait till the last minute. We're filling this thing. Yeah, I think I still need to join to be completely honest with <laughs> you. Like so I'm going hours. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to that is first on my pri my Tuesday mornings are usually crazy, but that is uh that is first on my priority list as soon as we uh as soon as we finish. That should be very fun. Yeah, there's a link in the description. It's single entry, so everybody's on the same playing field. It's 100 it's 100 bucks to get in. I I've seen how this works in the past and I kind of feel a little bad about it where you know, most people Andy wait until 
like two days before the before the first event to join this sure. stuff. And I get that. And I'm going to get so many messages that say, oh, I thought it was going to be okay if I waited till Monday of the Sony open. Like it's not, it's not, we're just, we're just, we're going to fill this probably today with the pace that we're on. I probably could have made it a little bit bigger, but I was nervous. I was nervous. This is the biggest one we've ever done. And because it's guaranteed, like this money would have been paid out if five people signed up. Sure. And it's, we should also mention to everyone, it is, you specifically have to go to your Twitter page, right? Yeah, it's invite only, right? So like okay. you can't go to the Fantasy Golf Championships homepage and find this. This is a private link. Um, so you have to either click the link in the description. That's the direct link to it. My pinned tweet on Twitter is is the direct link to it. You need the direct link. Most people have been realizing that. I've only gotten like one or two questions. Like I haven't been able to find it. But yeah, you you actually do need the direct link to it. Okay, perfect. So I, as well as hopefully many others, will be checking out your Twitter page right after we finish this uh, Century Tournament of Champions betting preview. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this. Kapalua out of the gate. Always a little bit, um, I don't want to say wonky, but I, I find this to be quite interesting because you have a lot of guys that some, Andy, have not played in a long time. Um, you've got some who played all fall long. Even for the guys who played a lot, there was still a couple of weeks of a break built in. And then you go to a golf course like the Plantation Course, which gives you no flat lies. It's kind of weird because it's a par 73. There's only three par threes and it's got these large greens. Like It's like a really kind of weird one to start with out of the gate. Sure. This is a fun course. I mean, I'm a huge Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw fan. They're, in my opinion, two of the... Uh, the greatest modern architects will say that are, that are still doing work in the modern age. And of course this is their only course on the PGA tour that we get to see because God forbid we have these players tackle interesting architecture when you can go to a TPC or Tom Fazio course every week. Uh, but I'm fairly excited about this one. I think it falls into the interesting category of, you know, most birdie fests in my opinion, I find relatively annoying. Um, this is a birdie fest that I don't typically mind because, uh, there's enough interesting stuff going on. You never really have a flat lie on this golf course. There's tons of elevation changes. There's a lot of downhill tee shots where you'll see guys hitting 380 yard drives. And it's one of those courses where you kind of just accept that if there's no win, the winning score is going to be North of 27 under par, but it doesn't really bother me the way that a TPC Craig ranch birdie fest would, where it's like, okay, this isn't actually testing the players in any way, shape or form. This is essentially just target golf in a putting contest. Whereas with Kapalua, you get a lot of intrigue in the different holes, right? You're going uphill, you're going downhill. You're seeing players hit shots that aren't necessarily driving range shots. If that makes sense, this is, not a flat golf course by any means. There's a ton of contouring on the green. So it's a, you know, it's a tournament that I always look forward to. And for the first time this year, I want to ask you a question because I was, I was talking about this on my podcast with Patrick McDonald last night, but, uh, this is an elevated event now. Does that like hmm. raise your excitement level at all? Like what, what does that mean hmm. to you? I'm probably the minority where I'm pretty stoked about the 3M Open and the John Deere and the Century <laughs> Tour, like in the same way. So I'm I'm probably not the person to ask about this, but I think in general, yeah, I mean, so the only guy who, um, I forget if Shane Lowry was actually eligible for this event or not, but basically the only guy who 
it could play who is not as Roy McElroy. And Correct. you're getting a really stacked field. So I, I do think that for like the general golf fan, the fact that this is now an elevated event, which basically guarantees or commits more of the top guys, more of the eligible guys, not necessarily top because we've got some, you know, weird winners throughout the last year, but like the, the eligible guys. And when you start getting them all playing weeks that they wouldn't normally play, like, yeah, that is, that is generally more exciting. Like, I don't care that the winner is going to like make twice as much as he did last. Like, I don't care about that, but I care about getting more of the best guys together more frequently. Yeah, to be honest with you, I was a little confused that they made this an elevated event. I I don't really love the decision, in my opinion, because you're still going against football. And this is an event that all of the best players every single year typically play anyway. Even the one guy that you would say, okay, now maybe we get Rory to play this year because it's an elevated event. He said no. So I'm not really sure if I agree with the decision of making this one of the elevated events just because I felt like all of these guys would be here anyway. Plus you're like I said, you're still going against football, but look, $15 million purse. Right. Um, it's a great way to kick off the season, right? It's, it's like a pip part B. It's just like, how can we give our top guys more money? Like, let's sure. just put it in the tournament of champions and, and, sure. and do it that way. Basically just a, a little bit of an extra bonus. Okay. Let's look at the odds board here. So this is the grid over at odds checker. So they aggregate all the sites. It comes in here and has more. Looks like they're jipping you on the sites. There oh, you should know what? Be, I my have, odds yeah, checker grid on. looks a lot different. Yeah. That's my fault. I, I'm a little rusty. I got to switch. I got to switch to New Jersey. Because you can see state by state. Yeah, here we go. Sorry. Mad disrespect to Odds Checker there. They obviously have a lot more options available. So if you go to Jersey, you get the full on, you get the full on option. So here we go. Kind of the three guys at the top. Um, I'll I'll just say 10 to one or shorter. So John Rom, six and a half to one across the board, best number available for him. Scotty Scheffler, if you shop it, you can get better numbers. Nine to one, the best number available. And then Cantley. Uh, settling in at 10 to one. So th- those are the big three out of the gate. 39 golfers guaranteed four rounds, barring a DQ or a WD. Is there dollars to be spent at the top here? Uh, I think so. I- I'm I'm going with Justin Thomas this week, Rick. And it's kind of a single bullet situation. I mean, the way that I structure my betting card, it's very, very rare that I go down to 11 to one, which I think is currently the best number that you can get on JT. Uh, Maybe I'll have room for a bomb in the 50 plus range, but I like Justin Thomas on any course where he has room to operate off the tee and where the emphasis falls on the second shot. Right. And it's pretty, I don't really have to spend much time making a case for his course fit, given the fact that he's won this event twice. Um, but I think JT's in for a big year. He's gotten into this weird position where this was a guy that racked up about 14 PGA tour wins before the age of 27. And now in the last two years, he's only won two events, but they came at two of the biggest events of the year. Um, I think JT's going to have a big season and I think he, uh, starts his 2023 off with a bang. So yeah, been, he, he would be my guy this week. Uh, he's been splendid, obviously in no cut events. He's been splendid in Hawaii. I think that, um, there were some parts of, of last year where he kind of lost the best part of his game, at least statistically, which was the approach play, but you can see him kind of putting it back all together. 11 to one on the grid, the best number available. That's, that's the same number you can get Xander Shawfley. And then there's 
kind of a, a couple of gaps here. So uh, Tony Finau has been one of the hottest players on the planet. It's at 14 to one little gap from Xander to Tony. And then a bigger gap from Tony to everybody else, which is Colin Morikawa at 20 to one, uh, Sung JM, Victor Hovland, 22 to one. So are, are you in agreement with this kind of um, few tiers that the odds makers have essentially cut this field into? Kind of, you know, it's a bit surprising to me. I don't know if there should be that much of a difference between Morikawa and Hovland. I think both of those guys kind of as it stands in time, and, and I'm sure we'll flip flop back and forth throughout the season. I think those guys should be closer in odds. So I would say that in my opinion, the bet to be made in like the early twenties is either Hovland or Sungjae. Um, and I'm sure from what I've seen, Sungjae is already quite a popular selection this week. So I don't think I'm breaking any news there, but um, no, I mean, I, I think this range Sungjae and Hovland are the two that have the most attention for me. Uh, Hovland, I remember last year, he lost over six strokes around the green on this course, which is like, Pretty strange and pretty hard to do on a course yeah. with an 80% greens and regulation percentage. And I think this was the first time last year where we started to say like, uh, something is something going on there with, with Hovland's short game. But you look at how we stand now, Rick, mm -hmm. and the dude has gained strokes around yeah. the green in four straight measured starts. So I feel pretty comfortable rolling a guy like Hovland out here. Yeah, I will have to go back and look. I remember that being also very bizarre. And I think it was like two holes. I don't know if he like chipped one over the green. Down, like, I don't, it was like, which I by the way is often the case with Hovland. He correct. usually has like one disaster where he yes. leaves one in the bunker, but like he chips in too. Like, he, he yeah. <laughs> He has he he has a lot of good chips. He just has a lot of blow up holes as well. He did the same thing at Summerlin where it was like he lost like six nine the green. Yeah, yeah in like two holes. That. Like two yeah. holes accounted for like <laughs> the vast majority of it. So it was kind of a bit wonky. You're right though. Sung JM kind of uh, a little bit all over the place, as short as 16. Uh the grid has him as long as 20 to 1 if you can get that number available. And then I don't know where we draw the line here, Andy, right? Because you've got Fitzpatrick making his debut at 22 to 1, then a gap to Jordan Spieth and Sam Burns and Tom Kim. Zalatoris is back. There's a lot of upside here. I have zero idea what we're going to get out of Jordan Spieth, um, not only really this week, but I guess moving forward. Sam Burns getting hung with a 28. I know he hasn't been yeah. like spectacular, but that feels a little bit hairy. And then Tom Kim, who's won, what, twice in his last seven starts? I mean, there's, there's seriously some guys who can put it together here. Well, I mean, the big one that even stands out to me is Zalatoris. Yeah, is there a 35 to one still hanging uh, on him or the, did the grid's got a, the grid's got a 31 on it. So you have to believe that that is intrally related, right? Because I believe that Zalatoris is going to have lower odds at the U S open. Oh, this is 100% based on like, we have not seen him since he withdrew in Wilmington. Like yeah. that's one. And, and, and it was like, as far as, golf injuries go and they never have to really disclose anything but herniated discs in the back are about as like bad as it gets for golf related injuries i i would imagine so i think there is a hesitancy there that's being displayed on this odds board right and i mean one thing one of my biggest pet peeves 
wreck is uh, the argument of, I don't believe that this guy can get to 30 under par because I think it's completely subjective. First of all, second of all, we've also seen Zalatoris get to 30 under par many times yeah. on the corn Ferry tour when he was dominating the corn Ferry tour. With that being said, I do agree with the argument that this is not the best course fit for Zalatoris. I think you want Zalatoris on a course with extremely narrow fairways where they is a, there is more of a penalty for wayward driving. You do get a fair amount of long irons on this course, which I do like for Zalatoris. But again, like this is the guy that I want to play on a course where the winning score is. 12, 13 under and below. I don't love the idea of him having to make a million putts to get to 30 under par. I will also note, um, and I don't know if Kyle Porter is still here in the chat, but he will remind us that uh, par is just a social construct, Andy, right? This is a par 73. So the guys who have won this golf tournament, Cam Smith gains 14 strokes to the field. Justin Thomas gains almost 11. Harris English gains 10.2. Two. So you go back and you look at kind of results from Zalatoris. You could do this for anybody. You know, he gains 11 in Memphis to win. He gains 15 at the U.S. Open, doesn't win. 10 at the Memorial, finishes T5. Uh, 14 at the PGA Championship, runner up there. So, like, he is capable, obviously, of getting to 10 to 12 strokes gained, uh, whether that translates itself to even par at a U.S. Open or 32 <laughs> under at a Tournament of Champions are like, I don't care about that part as much. Right. I agree with you. What would you say the cutoff is, Rick? Because in a tournament like this, where it feels like, you know, and I guess two years ago we had Harris English, who I don't know off the top of my head what his opening odds were, but I imagine that he was in that middle tier. So it's not as if it's impossible that a middle tier guy could win. But do you really see like uh, Brian Harmon, or Seamus Power raising the trophy this week? No, I'm. I actually, I really do like Seamus Power, but I think I cut this off at Adam Scott. I'm uh, with you. Which yeah. is proven winner who has actually been really good recently, and he's a very like, um, he gains like five or more strokes to the field at a much higher clip than a lot of his peers, so he's capable of hitting that sure. ceiling. But like. Brian Harmon, Seamus Power, Billy Horschel, love you guys. Probably pretty unlikely they win the golf tournament. I'm with you. Great DFS options, right? Like some of of these guys farther down the board, I definitely like for DraftKings purposes or top 20 purposes. But no, I'm with you. I think this one gets won by a stud. For me, I think it's, for me, I'm going to go with JT, but I would say like my second guy would probably be Rom. To me, this is... This is JT or Rom, in my opinion, um, or Sung Jay. You know, I, I've seen a seen a lot of love for Sung Jay throughout. But yeah, I think this is, I think this is one that you know we see at the top, and hopefully we get a similar duel to what we did last year with uh, with Cam Smith and John Rom. Or a bunch, uh, unfortunately, no defending champion uh, is back to <laughs> uh, defend his title here. Yes, he will not be back to defend his title, Cam Smith. Um, let me just point out a couple discrepancies on the grid because this is why it's so helpful. You can you can shop these. So just you know, very quickly, you know, Russell Henley as short as thirty three to one, as long as sixty six. Sahith Tagala as short as thirty five, as long as sixty. Corey Connors as short as thirty three or even forty as as long as 66. So if you have the ability to shop more states, I know Ohio just got online, more states coming all the time, obviously uh, being able to have 
the ability to shop different books is like, you know, we were talking ROI earlier, Andy, like outrights right. are hard to win. You might as well get the best number you can get. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not, not super rocket science. Um, okay. Now this is generally the part of the show where we go to head to head matchups because we can talk about more guys that way. And I have to look at DraftKings and there's like five options or I'll go to like bet three, six, five, and they've got like six options. I have some interesting updates, Andy. Okay. Because Bro Throw, which as you know, let's uh, go, has been our the juice free, vig free betting option. Not a sports we, book. Not a we bank. love we love Bro Throw. <laughs> Available in all fifty states. Um, <laughs> you just pay, and we have a private group in there. Has 28 different matchups available in a 39 golfer field. So you can go through, I mean, did you want Brian Harmon versus Russell Henley? Did you want Aaron Wise versus Brian Harmon or Tom Kim and Cobb? Like Trey Molinax and Luke Litt, the, I, I would not be able to find these anywhere. So I, I appreciate the, um, you know, the nod to golf, which is honestly, Andy, PGA always kind of gets forgotten in some situations. I love this. Right. Shout out TJ in the chat, by the way, who says, just here to say, bro throw is legit. Already got eight friends involved. So good. Thank you, TJ. I am totally with you. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of a no brainer, right? If you understand that the way that sports books make money is based on VIG, right. And, and right. based on juice and what bro throw does is that it completely eliminates that from the equation. So look at it, look at it as you're essentially not paying a tax to bet. Correct. Uh, there's a link in the description. It's brothrow.com slash Rick. Um, that'll get you in our private group. Last time I checked, we have 160 feet, 65 people in it and you need an invite. Okay. So looking through some of these, Andy, um, you know, there are some guys I've been looking through a lot of like the strokes gain distribution and stuff. And um, I'm going to try to find a good example. Like Aaron wise has been such a safe option who lacks upside. So mm -hmm. I've been kind of deploying him a lot in matchup situations because we have not seen that winning upside yet, but he just absolutely rakes in matchups. So he's like one guy that I tend to target. I see him on here against Brian Harmon and there's a couple other options as well. But is there anybody like that, that kind of stands out to you for this week? Um, I was looking at, uh, on the, I just saw, I, I believe right above the Aaron wise matchup. I was looking at Cameron Young over Matt Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is actually somebody that I'm kind of looking to pick on this week just because, I mean, he did not rate out super well for me statistically. Uh, this is his first appearance at this course. Uh, it hasn't actually been super kind to first timers. And I think about what Fitzpatrick does best is he has a world-class short game and he is one of the most accurate drivers of the ball in the world. I don't think either of those two things matter very much at Kapalua, right? And I think if you're looking for a weak point of Fitzpatrick's game, it is still the long irons and and that and I and and the short wedges as well. He's just his iron play isn't as much up to snuff as the other parts of his game. Now, if there's anyone I would bet on to improve an aspect of his game, I, I'd probably bet on Fitzpatrick. But as it stands now, um he is not the iron player yet that a lot of the similarly similar similarly priced players are. Uh, and I don't think that this is a course. I mean, 
Rick, we're talking an over 80% greens and regulation percentage. If you're having to rely on your short game right. too much here, you're likely not even remotely in contention in this tournament. So I was looking at that Cam Young over uh, over Fitzpatrick matchup. Okay, so here's what I've just done. I've just put out uh, one on Cam Young. If you want the Fitzpatrick side, it's available to you. Uh, I put Aaron Wise over Russell Henley. If you want the Russell Henley side, that's available to you. You got to be in our group, uh, brothrow.com slash Rick, and then kind of just snatch those up, and I'll add, I'll add some more later. But, Andy, I was looking through this, and I want to get your thoughts on it because, you know, we have access to so much more data now, and you're really starting to see – a lot of different ways to get it done, right? So right now I'm just sorting by, you know, over the last 100 rounds, guys that gain strokes to the field and how often they do it. How often do they gain one or more, two or more, three or more, et cetera. And you'll start to see some trends here. And 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 then when you take that and you say, okay, well, does that match my perception of these golfers? So for example, Corey Connors. Over the last 100 rounds, Corey Connors gains strokes to the field 70% of the time. That's mm -hmm. like eighth best or 10th best in this field. However, you'll see he very much lags behind in gaining two or more, three or more, four yeah. or, more, or five or more. And then you look at this and you say, oh, well, does Corey Connors win a lot? Like, no, of course, like, no, he just like top 20s, everything. So like this right. kind of matches up with the perception of legitimate win equity versus other ways to deploy these golfers. Would you say that? So when you look at a profile like Corey Connors, is that the type of guy that you want in matchups or you want to avoid in matchups? Because, you know, you kind of know what you're getting, yeah. but there isn't that aspect of volatility. And I kind of go back and forth on this one myself. So I think, I think in general, I would prefer this over like Sahith. So Sahith, sure. um, he's got a ton of upside. You know, he gains five or more strokes to the field or four or more strokes to the field, 6% and 13% of the time, but he's like down towards the bottom and just, just gaining at all, right? Like his right. floor is very low. His ceiling is very high. Um, I think if we did this a lot, we would find the floor guys are better in matchups, but I think you just got to find the good floor guys versus the bad floor guys. Uh, the good floor guys are going to give you an opportunity. And if you get wiped because Sahith goes out and finishes like third, like you were going to get wiped anyway. You know, it, so I, I do like the, um, or you could even go to like, how often do they gain? Whoops. Sorry. How often do they gain like two strokes or more, which is just like a, a little bit of upside and find some guys that like Brian right. Harmon, Brian Harmon's between Xander Shoffley and Tom Kim, but lacks any upside after that. Yeah. Brian Harmon's good. He's a, he's one to watch out for this week as well. I always, he's one of those sneaky guys that, uh, you would think you don't want to trot out on longer courses, but you know, this is a guy that almost won the U S open at a 7,900 yard Aaron Hills. So, uh, yeah, Harmon's another guy that's on my radar. Thanks for, thanks for reminding me about him. You're welcome. Okay. We are going to continue the conversation with props and we will finish it up with a one and done convo. And there's still, um, Still a lot to talk about with that because we actually now have two one and dones like running simultaneously. So we got a lot to talk about, but uh, I need to fill up my water and we're going to hear about Andy's podcast. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know. And I mean that as an absolute 
compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, Andy, we're back. Our friends over at Prize Picks, uh, they have not released the PGA stuff yet, but it should be out momentarily. I will say they are our friends. You in, in a few days, you are coming to Las Vegas, and we're gonna do a, a, a season-long fantasy draft. And it would be impossible to pull this off without partners. And when I asked Prize Picks if they wanted to be involved in that, it was like an immediate, like, of course, like guarantee. Like they get the idea of building the community, trying something new, and pushing the PGA tour and pushing. PGA yeah. Content. Yeah. I miss those guys. Shout out prize picks. I feel like we weren't really able to do a ton of prize pick stuff in the fall swing because they were understandably a little bit more focused on football, but I hope we get them back in full swing for golf season because I love, especially like on those major weeks where we get a ton of options. I had, we remember we went on that insane run last year, like 20, row or something outrageous yeah we hit we we went on this absolutely insane run where i was like considering just not even playing dfs or betting on golf anymore and just doing prize picks so um yeah it's good to have them back for the new year and i encourage everybody all the listeners to check them out because i i'm not just saying this because of our partnership i legitimately believe that they present an option that is likely in my opinion more profitable than even betting or pay, playing dfs my prize picks roi for example was the highest out of any format of betting or dfs that i played last year yeah it's really good so the, the, the i'm sure the golf props are going to come out any moment so it's um go to use use rick there's a link in the description sign up get ready to rock and roll but as just kind of a a general idea we touched on it a little bit um green and regulation rate through the roof here massive greens fairways uh I could hit these fairways, Andy, no problem, right? I mean, you're going to need to see really big numbers from those two props when they finally do get released. Yeah, I really hope. And sometimes we've also seen with prize picks that they don't really do their research in terms of courses. So I'm really hoping that they don't adjust a fairways or greens and we just slam those overs. Yeah, so there's also a tool on rickrungood.com, which you can sort through last number of rounds and see like fairways gains and birdie or better gains and greens and regulation gains. So you can, you know, curate this to the number of rounds that you want. And for example, see that Tom Kim, as you can imagine, again, I love when this, this like matches up with your brain gains more fairways than everybody else in this field. Well, he better because he's shorter than everybody else. Right. So like this, this kind of stuff, especially when they start dropping the lines and you see like, Oh, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like, no, Corey Connors peppers fairways or whatever. Like, I, I love it when it matches up and it becomes pretty actionable data. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, like, th this is this is one of those examples. Like, this is one of the extreme examples, like we yeah. mentioned, right, where you are dealing with an extreme on this course. And, you know, like we said, prize picks may not necessarily cater to the extreme. So I'm going to be watching that closely. They're not up currently yet, but I'm going to be – I may tweet it out to even if I see – later this afternoon, anything that, anything that comes about via the fairways and greens. 
Let's chat one and done. There's a couple of different situations going on here. Um, since we started 32 minutes ago, we've added like another 20 to the Rick. Oh my good. God, I'm running. We got to end this video. We got to end the friend. show where Andy's going to miss out. So there are literally <laughs> only 84 spots left. They will fill probably by lunchtime. By the time I eat lunch, uh, they this will probably be full. So this is kind of your last crack at it. Link in the description. Go get involved. So we've got a couple of situations and I want to be clear here. If you joined the one and done that I'm running for the fall and you started in the fall, there is a pick to be made this week. You will make a pick. If you are joining the one right now, that's for the yeah. new year, that does not start until the Sony Open next week. So there are people, a lot of people, Andy, who are going to have to make a pick this week. Um, mm -hmm. Elevated event, $15 million up top. Everybody but Rory is here it's a little scary to burn somebody, you know, after they've taken a couple of weeks off. We don't like how, how studly are you willing to burn a stud? Like what, how studly are they? Well, I mean, there's what five more, five, six more elevated events plus the majors. Yeah. This I think there's year. like 11 in total. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. Burning. I would say not a, like, I'm not, I'm not playing John Rom. I'm not playing right. Justin Thomas. I, right. you know, I'm not playing Xander. I'm not playing Fina. I'm not playing Morikawa. I would, I would play Sam Burns probably. Like I, I think I would Sam Burns would maybe be the lowest I would go on the odds board. I think there's better spots for Homa. So I, I, I probably wouldn't play Homa, but I would not tack Aaron wise is another option that I think I probably would go with. Um, Hideki honestly might be the play. That's an uh, interesting one. Yeah. Um, is, is, are we going to go anywhere else where you're going to be super stoked to get Hideki and you're just like, Hey, I'm just going to give him the benefit of, of the doubt, like his last 100 rounds or something like that and run him out here. Not necessarily. I mean, he did win the Sony open next week, but yeah. there he's not the type of guy like a Spieth where it's like, okay, Colonial, Pebble Beach, Byron I mean, Nelson, like Phoenix, yeah. but Phoenix is also going to be like, that's an elevated event. And it's going to be good point. Good point on Phoenix. Lovely. Hideki yeah. does crush Phoenix. Good point on Phoenix. Um, yeah. I mean, I get like even Seamus power feels like a decent one and done option this week. No. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Can I tell you the guy that I think I've probably settled on and I'm, I am a little worried about it. Cause I think Okay. I might, I might, I might regret it later. Um, what about Cam Young? So yeah, he's got the distance. He's got the upside. I get, I get him in a 39 man field with $15 million up top. I, but if I really like, I really love this guy though. So like, am I going to regret that I ended up using him at the tournament of champions? Uh, you might, but I mean, <laughs> the way that I always like to think about it is, Okay, what is Cam Young on the odds board? What, 22 to 1, 25 to 1? Yes. How many more times throughout the season is Cam Young going to have lower odds than that? Probably not at the majors, but maybe at your Rocket Mortgages or a couple courses like that. But in fairness, the Rocket Mortgage has what? One third of the purse that this one does. So no, I, it's probably, I, it's probably half, but your your point, yeah. yes, but that's that's the that's the point, right? It's like, okay can he finish second here or whatever? And you know, if he wins it amazing um, and beat 38 other guys or a full field for half the, half the dollars.
Right. Hypothetically, this is a top 10 purse of the season, correct? Or a top 12 purse of the season. Uh, yeah, not even hypothetically, like literally it is. Yeah, I can so, tell, tell you exactly what it is in a second, but yes. So if this is a top 12 purse of the season, then you should feel comfortable rolling out a top 12 player. Scary. Yeah. It's scary so. for this, this early in the season. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Can we transition also? I have a, um, a request slash complaint uh for our own personal one and done can we just like leave the can we just like leave the fall swing in the past and call you the winner like can Uh, we just like can we just announce anoint you the winner and start fresh we're talking about a one and done in the fall where i used aaron wise six different times uh, I was completely all over the place. I, you know, my mind was scrambled. I was juggling football. It, it was a sad, sad scene for me in the fall swing. Uh, what do I have? A, oh, I'm down on you. What? How many hundred thousands of dollars? Yeah, nearly a million. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's the update. So I, this is, I, I, th- this is so insane. I had Tommy Fleetwood at the hero world challenge. He okay. finished like dead last, not like dead last. He finished dead last for a hundred thousand dollars. And I had Sam Burns, I believe who finished T 12 for 108,000. The, 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 the payout structure is basically winner take all Xander Shoffley finished fourth and got 150. Tommy Fleetwood finished 20th and got 100. So unless you have Victor, you basically didn't get anything. Sick. So I beat you by 10 strokes and made 8,000 more dollars. That's right. Just the way Sick. I drew it up. So yes, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, listen, if, if, if anyone wants to declare me a winner ever, I accept. So, so yes, uh, 1.2 million to 308,000, the fall schedule in the books. I have won. Let's turn to. Let's, January. let's turn a new page, buddy. All right. Blank slate. Uh, I think I get to go first as the ring. Please, please. I'll go with Cam Young. I'll go with Seamus Power. I love Seamus. He's such a good guy. Love Seamus. He's a birdie fest guy too. I mean, he thrives in these conditions. Could you, would you be the least bit shocked if Seamus Power shot like 27 under and finished T4? No. Remember when Matt, yeah. Matt Jones did that last year? Yeah, Matt Jones shot 32 under last year and didn't even sniff a playoff. Can you believe that? It's sickening. It's sickening. Yeah. yeah, no, I think there's I think there's a lot of money to be made. He's playing well. His last three starts were like win T5, T3. Like, let's go. Let's go, Seamus. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, in the last five minutes since we've talked, there's been like seven more people who have added to the one and done. So I got to get you out of here because you have to sign up. <laughs> there are 78 spots left. They will be done like within an hour. Go sign up right now. Um, Andy Lack. As always, absolute pleasure. He is available on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your betting preview for the Tournament of Champions. Good luck.